0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. I'm Stephen Willis, and this is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and I'm joined by Dalen Flowers, who was in Yulman Stadium, which may be the corona layer of the sun was warmer. Jalen, how hot was it down there, man?
1: Man, it was it was pretty beaming in New Orleans this weekend, man. And honestly, um it was very hot, but it wasn't you know, it hasn't been as hot as I would say maybe sometimes last year in Oxford. I would say last year, especially the first couple of the games of the season in Oxford, it was a lot worse. Now I will say like in terms of like Field artificial ways that the grass. I maybe think you Tulane had used like some artificial turf over the weekend, so that may have made things hotter on the players in terms of their feet being hot on the field. But it was hot, but it wasn't too hot as it's been in the past in Oxford, man. How
0: how, how was the game? What sticks out about about the game this weekend,
1: <sighs> man, Steven, There was so much to talk about, um, and there was so many interactions I had with players and coaches. Um, one thing I want to say before I get started, man, is my prayers and loves are with Matt Corral. Um, we don't know, you know, of course, too much is going on. I don't think it's our business at this moment, but my love and prayers are with him, and I just wish the best and hope the best for him and his family right now. Um, but, Stephen, it was a fun time, man. It was so many Rebel fans down there this weekend. It was so exciting to get down there. I mean, half of the stadium was probably filled with red, and that was exciting for myself and to, for the coaching staff and the players as well. Um, I want to get started and just shout out to Caden Davis man I think he was absolutely phenomenal Um, and it's weird because we had a lot of special team problems whether it was punting or you know stopping Tulane from getting off the field with their special teams, but Caden before the game. Um, and I think some reports have come out about this, but he was bombing every single kick he took in the pregame. I watched him. He took about 17 to 18 kicks and he made every one. And they were at least from 40 yards or deeper. Um, and so when he got up there, I had fans questioning me around him. When Lane... Um, let that, that time go down at the end of that of that possession and didn't want to punt. And he sent the kick team out there. A lot of people were out there like, what's happening? What are we doing? What is this situation like right now? And I told everyone, just trust Kate. Just trust him right now. And he went out there and he kicked that and it went straight through and had a lot of distance, man. Everyone got hyped. And I just told you guys, you got to believe in him, man. He, he got put out there in that situation for a reason. Man, did he execute it pretty well.
0: Dude has an absolute cannon for a leg. He does, Yeah. And
1: I think not only does that build confidence for himself, but that builds confidence in our coaching staff and Lane Kiffin and saying in a situation where we may not be able to have time to get upfield and score seven. We know we have a kicker and they can go out there and put up three as we get into the forty or the forty-five yard line. So that gives us a lot of confidence and it gives us a lot of relaxation in terms of maybe the clock's going down before halftime. We need some points going into half to build some momentum. We know that we have a guy that can get the get the ball into the the uprights.
0: Yeah, in the press conference today, somebody asked Caden about that, and he said he made the longest field goal he had made, he had made a 76-yarder mm-hmm. at Texas A&M, and yeah. he said it was wind-dated by like 15- or 20-mile-an-hour wind. But don't forget Lane Kiffin is the coach that sent Sebastian
1: Janikowski out for like a
0: 73-yard field goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um. A quick one to talk about the defense and the offense. I don't want to take up too much time on that, but, man, P did his thing this weekend. I know he gave him 17 in the first half, but three points in the second half is absolutely phenomenal. That front that front line looked really well. Jared Ivy played his butt off this weekend. Uh, Cedric Johnson looked really well. David uh, Harris looked really well, too, getting up and pushing up some some blitz pressure on the quarterback. They looked really male well, man. They, they were full of confidence and energy. And uh, also shout out to DeAndre Prince, man, had a very, very big interception after we turned the ball over ourselves, and it wasn't even just that play, but he was all over the field in the secondary, was, you know. Doing well, my man-to-man coverage. He was all over the field when they got in the box in the end zone against Tulane. He was all over the field, and it wasn't just that interception. So, shout-out to Deontre Prince, man. What a day, and what a what a confidence builder as well for him, man, because he had some inconsistencies last year, and, we, and I kind of looked at him to see what kind of improvements would he have going into this season. And for the first two games, he's looked incredible. And Pete, man, he I said this last week, he's, he's got those boys confident. He's got them ready, and he's got them believing that they can be one of the best defenses in the nation. And, man, as, they, as long as they keep believing, I think we're going to be fine on that side of the ball.
0: You know, it's really interesting. Um, the defense is giving up. Now, like I said, it's Mercer, and it was Tulane without Michael mm-hmm. Pratt. But they're giving up 300 yards a game. That's all they're giving up. They're stingy when they need to be. They've had four sacks in each game. Um a good no, number of number of tackles for loss. Jared Ivey scored a touchdown this past game on a sack-caused fumble, which, by the way, Jared Ivey called that a thick six. And it is <laughs> I wanted to shout out for that one as well. That Jared Ivey is just a treasure, and I don't think Ole Miss realizes exactly what they have with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's – I, I would also like people to understand, even on the offensive side of the ball, with Charlie being his second year, but this team has been through the wins of three defensive coordinators now in the last three seasons. So a, a lot of these guys, even if they're transfers or guys that have been through the program the last couple of years since Lane has been here, they've been through a lot of transitioning. Um, they've been through a lot of transitional periods and even, especially like you may be a safety and you're playing the secondary. year West neighbors, this is his first year here. So we've had a lot of different transformations throughout our coaching staff. And so I really want to give props to the coaches and the players. for so being able to set comfort, um, build leadership and chemistry within each other and, and, and play well, uh, because again, this is Pete's first year. Here. He's had that experience. Of course, at Bama as a player in his past, um, but it's his first year under this coach, and it's his first year in Oxford. But man, they look good, and they and they really believe in Pete, and I think that's a that's a very big thing to be, have belief in your coaches to know they're going to give you the right idea. You just have to go out there and execute it. And man, if they do it this weekend,
0: what do you take um out of the fact that Aiden Williams and Sunterian Perkins didn't play that much this weekend? <sighs>
1: I don't know, Stephen, honestly, because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, and please you correct me or someone correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't see Joshua Harris much either. Uh, and I mm-hmm. saw him on the sidelines a lot, and I know he played pretty much a lot against Mercer in week one, but I didn't see him a lot against Tulane. And I, I honestly don't know. Um, someone had mentioned me in a joking way. I don't know if they were serious or not, but I took it as a joke, but like, he's kind of saving them. Um, in terms of kind of trying to hold as much film from other teams, such as Alabama coming up in a few weeks, when we go off to place Georgia and Athens in a few months. He's kind of trying to hold as much film from other teams as possible. Now, I don't know how much that is, he's really – truthful in terms of what's happening but I don't know like I really I had a question because Sonteran I really didn't see him all until maybe like the last two minutes in the fourth quarter of the game and Aiden wasn't really out there at all I know Aiden had one possession where he got put on the field and the ball came directly to him and he wasn't ready for the play and his eyes were upfield instead of coming back realizing the ball was coming to him so I'm not really sure what was happening with that situation um and we all know Lane is uh kind of that Low down, guys. So he's probably not going to talk about it as much. And we can ask the media can ask as many questions they want to him about it. But it's it's a development thing. I hope um, just maybe they you know showed some things and maybe they weren't ready in terms of going into the road system yet. And hopefully, throughout a week of practice, they're they're better, and we see them this weekend at Georgia Tech.
0: You know, uh, one last thing on two line before we move on to Georgia Tech. It Ole Miss closed that game out on a thirty to three run.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And have you ever walked out of a stadium where Ole Miss has done something like that kind of feeling as discouraged as you did at that time?
1: Um, I, I haven't, Stephen. And, yeah. I, and I also want to say that's a testament to, to Jackson Dart and his belief, his effort, and his passion for this football team. Um, of course, we had a lot of weirdness going on with the offense this weekend. Trey yeah. Harris, outstanding the, the first drive, and then we really don't know what's happened, but we didn't see him the rest of the game. Uh, the offensive line, of course, has question marks right now um and what they're doing on the first level and blocking on the second level and honestly speaking man you could tell Quan was 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 having some issues you know trying to stay patient and take his slow time trying to help make the offensive line block because I want to say this man I, I think we're forgetting that he had a lot of reps last year with Zach Evans and that helped the offense build because Zach was a power back and Q is a quick guy. He, he kind of gets up the field very fast. And sometimes that doesn't allow the offensive line to uh, really develop, not taking anything away from Q at all. The guys I said, I love Q, one of the most respectful guys I've ever met on planet earth. And I love him Absolutely. Um, but we have a lot of work to do. And, and I think we knew that going into this season, he's the number one guy now, but I'm not concerned about him at all. Um, I think some things that we talked about coming into the season, how much he improved as a receiver as well. And he looked really good um, but going outside in the receiver position, caught some very huge balls at the end of the game that helped put us put us in position to put some points up at the end of the game. So I'm not concerned. Um, but Jackson Dark, going back to him, man, I, I've said this from the get go. I believe in this kid. And I think. As fans, you know, no matter what's going on with, of course, Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders now being here, we have to support who Lane puts out there. Because at the end of the day, he's doing what he thinks is best to win football games for this team. And at the end of the day, you know, he's going to make mistakes. And he did. He, he made a couple of mistakes and he panicked at times. But I kept telling people at the game this weekend, we have a lot of ball to play. We have four quarters of the game. It's not just a one quarter thing. It's not a first half thing. And they regroup. They kept belief. And they finished the game. I don't know. If we could have done that last year. I don't. You know remember that? I rewatched that LSU game last year so many times. And just coming out after halftime, I I just didn't see the same team. I didn't see the same belief that we had in the first half against prior to that LSU game. I didn't see the same belief during that Alabama game where they went and scored late, and we came back and didn't finish. And I just felt like a lot of belief had went out the window after that Bama game last year. Now we're seeing the mental of Jackson Dart. It's not the physical at this point. We knew that he had a lot of tools as a quarterback, but we thought what he was lacking is a guy that was very young, didn't have much experience before coming here in the collegiate level. Now we saw him grow. And I thought this weekend, man, he just he balled and he and he showed that he has a lot of heart and toughness. Um, and I think that is going to help us in the long run. We have a leader, we have a competitor, we have a guy that loves to play and wants to win, is going to do what it takes to win. And I want to give a shout out to him, man. I just hope that he knows that we're believing him, at least I am. I know you are, um, man, that we love him and we just hope the best for him. We want the best for him. And he did what was necessary this weekend. We have a game. We have a lot to work on, but he did what was necessary, man. You know, we didn't want to lose, you know, and we won the game and that's what mattered. And I think he set us up to do better things. You know, Michael Trigg, I just want to say this. Um, wasn't really targeted at all other than that that touchdown pass he had. And I think that builds a lot of his confidence up, too, because he's been through so much just his past, his past season with us and now. And I think we need him to develop. Um, and so that was really big for Dart and Trigg this weekend. And um, I think we just have a lot of development to do. But I also want to say one more quick thing. We have a lot of guys missing still, Stephen. And you've talked about this. And I hope people understand this, man. Caden Prescorner. Uh, you know, whether we can see him as a really good threat as a tight end in the field as a receiver or as just a blocker. I know we we lost that in Casey Kelly last year, who may not have been the Elite tight end in terms of catching the ball and getting upfield or catching a lot of touchdowns. But Casey Kelly really helped develop our run blocking game last year. And now with that missing target, because Michael Trick really isn't much of a blocker in terms of being on the line as a blocker. But I think Caden Prescoring will help out a lot. Hopefully we get him back as soon as possible. And that will help soothe things out within the offensive line and the blocking for the run and the passer um in zakari Franklin, of course we still know that he hasn't even practiced so those are two big threats on the offensive side of the ball that we don't have yet um and of course trey harris got out within the injury within the game so those are three big threats that we really we don't have right now I and mean, hopefully we get trey back this weekend of course the other two guys as quickly as possible we don't want to rush them either but we want them back um but man i, I hear so many like people saying that oh two lane had michael pratt and and instead of kai Horton out there, it would have been a completely different ball game. Trust me, I understand. kai Horton played as good as he possibly could. But I just don't agree with that, man, because we have a lot of guys that we're missing right now too. So it could have been a completely different ball game for us too if we had all our guys healthy out there.
0: A, a one-legged Michael Pratt would not have yeah. made a difference in that football game. In fact, they would have probably blitzed him more because of his lack of mobility. Was, uh, yeah. yeah. It, really interesting. Let's let's turn the page a little bit to this weekend. We have the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets coming into Vault hemingway Stadium. We had over 60,000 people for Mercer. I'm expecting a sellout for this game. Hey, Dalen, you might know, know this, but Ole Miss is the reason Georgia Tech is not in the SEC today. Ole Miss is the reason because way back in the 1940s and 1950s, Bobby Dodd refused to come to Mississippi and play Johnny Vault because, honestly, it was just hard to get to Starkville and Oxford back then. Um, but it, it, he did the thing where he did the Steve Spurrier type thing and did the rubber chicken thing. and. And, and made a joke out of it. And that started a grudge that Ole Miss held towards Georgia Tech. And after Georgia Tech threw their temper tantrum in the 60s and left the SEC and went un- independent, they tried like heck to get back into the conference and even had like a letter of recommendation from Bear Bryant and Vince Dooley and all these legends to get back in. But Ole Miss and State would not agree to it. So Georgia Tech's in the ACC, not in the SEC because of Ole Miss, Georgia Tech finally coming to Ole Miss. That's kind of a story, in my opinion.
1: I didn't know that actually. Um, that's that's quite interesting because I think that kind of develops a, a rivalry, um, and that develops not really uh, just a, a terms of a regular football game, but a big time feel for the players. Um, because I don't if you know this or not, if, or if you kind of picked up on this weekend. There's a lot of there was a lot of heat between Tulane and us this weekend. You know, Lane got into it. Some of the players with Tulane kind of approached Lane before the game, and and he yapped at them. And there was a lot of just, just really a lot of heat and a lot of intensity throughout this weekend. So I, I think that kind of helps boost us as well too. I think a lot of those guys got that SEC feeling this weekend. I know Lane had talked about it early in the pressure before the game against Tulane that this was a, not an evaluation. This is a team that just won the Cotton Bowl, a team that it can play really well as a top 25 team before this weekend. So I think that 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 sense and what you just said is really big for us uh, because a lot of things can come out of what we have this season. And I think playing a Georgia Tech team right now, and I want to say this too, Stephen, this is not the same Georgia Tech team that we blew out last year. I think this team is a lot more hungrier. They are a lot more focused and they have it grown with more experience this weekend too. Um, and so I'm, I'm not just expecting us to go over and beat uh, Georgia Tech. Like we do not saying I don't expect us to win. I completely do. Uh, but I think that Georgia Tech is going to give us a lot more run for our money than we saw last year.
0: Yeah. I just put up the betting line and um, I think mm-hmm. Ole Miss is a 20 and a half point favorite at the moment. And I, this is serious. And, I, and and I talk about this in my keys of the game, the what to watch for. I'm going to hammer this home. Beat Georgia Tech by one point. I am not playing the line game in this one because, right. in my opinion, this is the biggest trap game that Ole Miss has played in recent memory between going on the road to a ranked two lane, this huge game with Alabama that is coming up in a few days. Um, Georgia Tech is in the middle. Just beat Georgia Tech. I don't. No style points needed in this situation. I just want the W so the Alabama game, we can build that up to the level that it needs to be.
1: Absolutely, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I want to see uh, the development of Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins. They had a phenomenal weekend as well, and I want to see how they continue to do in roles that they've kind of excelled in so far throughout the season. But Like I just said, this isn't a pushover game, man. This is a, a big game for us this weekend. I think Georgia Tech is coming in kind of hungry off the way we beat them in their home last year, and now they're coming in saying, what can we do to expose you guys in your home? I think a lot of fans should come out and be out this weekend in terms of tailgating and end of the game. And we got a night game at the vault, man. We don't have too many of those, especially over the last two or three years. We haven't had too many of those. So show up um, and stay the whole time as well. I, I tried my best. I haven't left any games early when I'm there except for maybe one. I think last year I left the Troy games to tad early. But other than that, I stayed the whole time. And I think Lane and the players really do appreciate that. They know they have a sense of belief in and urgency and love from fans when they know that they're there from the beginning and they're until the end. So I think if you guys can stay as long as you possibly can, we we would appreciate it too because that gives the, the players and coaches a lot of belief and a lot of hunger as well.
0: Yeah, and you know, props to the student section as well. Yeah. By the way, coming out that first game against Mercer, they stayed. They were loud. I mean, granted, once it got out of hand, they they went and did gross stuff. But the the students kind of showed out. And I guess the students would say the old heads were the leaving early problem in the Mercer game. Not not the students themselves. So that's congratulations. They did a really good job. So, Dalen, what do you think? Not necessarily. What do you think? How do you think this game is going to go? Give me an early, early prediction on this Ole Miss Georgia Tech game.
1: This may sound weird, but I think it's gonna start how the past two games will start. I think we're gonna come out firing on the first possession. And then I think our defense, I, I said this to someone at the two-lane game after the first defensive drive. It's like Pete kinda of is testing the waters on the first drive. I don't know if that makes sense, but that that big drive that Mercer had on that on that run play in the first game of play and they scored for a touchdown, and then Tulane came down and scored on the first play. I feel like Pete is trying to, I don't know, test to see what the offense of the other team is coming out. So I expect the, the offense to be flying on the first drive, and then I also expect us to develop more. This is what I tend to hope to see in practice in, in the game this weekend, is what can Len Kiffin and Charlie Wise do with our running backs? It's not just Quinchon. It's, it's Ulysses Bentley, and I think he can be a an X factor for our offense too. What can he do as a running back that can take time off from Kunshan that he can get some some breaths on the, on the sideline and allow our offense to keep moving? What can our offensive line do on the first and the second level to keep our quarterback and our running backs protect it. I'm not saying this is football, guys. I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to get, you know, 10 yards every rush. We're going to not get one sack and our quarterback's not going to get hit at all the game. No, that's that's football. I completely understand that. But it didn't seem like we had a lot of chemistry and a lot of, a lot of belief between those guys up on the line this past weekend. And, and, and that's kind of the pushing point for me. We need that. In terms of whether it's you guys on the field together or outside of football at all, that is what makes a team just be the standard from good into elite. I think they just have to develop a sense of trust because we have guys that can play. We have a lot of good talent on the offensive line. Don't get me wrong from that. And we have a really good coach. uh John Garrison on the offensive line so don't get me wrong we have a lot of good guys I just think it needs a little bit more development a lot of chemistry so if I think we can continue to grow not take things fast we have to understand that a lot of these guys are also still learning a new system again a new offensive line coach is coming in and bringing a whole new scheme and we have to allow them to rotate and trust and believe but I think that's also we have to learn that they need to also try to progress as much as possible every single day and not take moments for granted in practice, watching film or even outside of football. Like I said, just take time to learn because at the end of the day, man, a football team can't operate on the offensive ball without a good offensive line. And we, we need them to do their job. So I think if we can see them develop and just build comfort, that would allow the rest of the offense to flow.
0: So um, for people that are wondering what's going on with the offense right now, and it, the offense is not problem. The It's all fixable. I I do think that they're holding some stuff back for future um, stuff. So this is what's happening. It's like whenever you play Madden against a seventh grader and all they do whenever you want to run your offense and throw the ball downfield and do all of that stuff, all they want to call is engage eight Mm -hmm. to where they blitz everybody. And it takes probably five or six snaps for you to figure out what's going on but you eventually adjust, and all of a sudden, you completely roll that seven-year-old. We want everybody to continue doing that. We can we can beat people right now with the way it's set up. We should be able to beat Georgia Tech. But if Alabama tries to do that, you will see the turn and the adjustment to that right at that point. Now, I, I just don't think Lane Kiffin wants to put that on film before Georgia Tech before Alabama where they can prepare for it. They would rather that be an in-game thing as opposed to what it happens. But that is what's happening with the run game right now and the pass game is basically everybody is coming up there and just bum-rushing with major aggressiveness. What I think is going to happen and what you're going to see, at either heck, it might be this weekend. I am Team 12 personnel, but I think – you're going to see the Ole Miss tight ends when Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg, they're back and healthy and can be used together. You will see them in 12 personnel using really quick passing. You'll, it'll be like what Matt Corral did with Elijah Moore and Kenny Yeboah. That is what the offense will look like. So we know that offense is here, but it'll be interesting to see. It. That is what I think is happening. People do not need to freak out about this offense they're 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 at the point Ole Miss is doing just enough to win the game at this point that's all they care about they don't they don't want to empty their entire clip because the last two weekends of september alabama and lsu it's real we'll know everything that's going on that that's what you empty your clip for not whenever you're playing georgia tech in two line if you can beat them other ways and they did beat them other ways
1: i completely agree um i think one question I would have for our offense is I would like us to use the middle of the field more. I don't know if anyone has noticed just kind of the lack of that steel throughout this season. And I think that could really help, I don't know, like just exploit our offense just a little bit more because I feel like at times we're trying too hard to, have big plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we just need to take it slow and steady sometimes because that can help develop those big plays that we want to use to get into the end zone. Uh, but I think the short passes and, you know, the middle of the field, medium play action passes will help out a lot for our offense, not just in terms of getting up the field, but build a lot of confidence within our quarterback and our receiver. So that's just something I want to say, but I definitely agree with you, man. I think that Lane isn't showing all the chops right now. Um, I mean, he doesn't want to. I think he's waiting for that moment. So teams that we play in the future are like, whoa, where did this come from? We haven't seen this all season. Where did did this come from? And how how can they adjust from it, not how can we adjust from it? So I completely agree with you, man. I'm not concerned at all. We have things to work on, and so does every other team in the country. But, man, we got a lot of excitement right now. So if we can stay healthy and continue to build, we'll be just fine.
0: All right. Give me a score prediction for the game this weekend.
1: Oh. I'm going to go I'll go 42 4217 rebels.
0: 4217 rebels. Dalen has them 4217. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Miss podcast. Your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Dalen, thank you so much for coming on today. And we will talk to you after Georgia Tech, man.
1: Appreciate you having me, man. Stay safe, everyone. Hotty toddy, y'all.
0: Hotty toddy.